When you define your purpose, everything else falls in line. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. Today, I'm bringing on Doc Leica, and I got to tell you, he has so many golden nuggets in his golden ticket that he's going to talk about. Doc Leica was misdiagnosed by ALS, or those of you in the baseball world would know, Lou, Gehr- Lou Gehrig's disease is what it's called. After fighting the diagnosis, he's, he's here today as a result of his courage and determination. And he's here today to talk about his book called, which he co-authored, called The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life. I got to tell you, there's so many tips and takeaways in here. You're going to need a notepad to keep up. Sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Doc Leica in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Doc. I'm so happy to be here, Drew. Thank you very much for having me. It's a fantastic day, and I'm looking to make it a fantastic day for your listeners. I think we can do that. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's go. Let's, Let's do go. It. Why don't we jump into it? Let's take a moment to learn more about you from your perspective. Can you share some, just a few minutes of yourself, who you are, where you came from, and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Uh, my name is Doc. Like I, I was one of the best known cosmetic dermatologists in North America. Now, all that changed in about 2003 when I went through a life-changing cataclysmic change. At that time, I was misdiagnosed as having ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. I was told I had six months to live and get my affairs in order, I was told. Uh, Fortunately, as you can see, the diagnosis was wrong. That's why I'm here talking to you. But it was a life journey. It was a life-changing experience. You know, when you go through that, Drew, your life either changes for the best like it did for me, or for the worst, and you're perpetually a victim. And I'm glad I did not take up the victim mentality. Tell us what that was like. It sounds, you know, it's so emotional. Like, Well, let me take you back for a minute. Let me take you back to the beginning. I was walking with my wife and my youngest daughter in Disneyland Disneyland in California, the happiest place on earth. (laughs) And uh, my wife turned to me at the end of a hot, sticky day in February of 2003. And she said, what's wrong with you, hon? You know, for once in my life, I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. So I didn't know where she was coming from. But she persisted. What's wrong, hon? And I said, I really don't have the faintest idea. She said, listen to your foot. So, you know, again, strange, strange words coming from my wife's mouth. And, you know, my right foot had suddenly developed a right foot drop. It was slapping on the pavement with every step I was taking. You know, your brain is programmed for that not to happen. 
So I didn't know what was wrong. It was something weird. She's, but then she said the words, you know, when we get back, you better get this checked out. Now, when your wife says that in that tone of voice, you'd be a fool not to listen. And I wasn't going to be foolish, so I listened. And so I had brain scans. I had cat scans. I had pet scans. I had scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day, Drew? What's that? They showed absolutely nothing. The doctors were befuddled. They thought I had a brain tumor or they thought I had a, a nerve uh, problem on that side, maybe a slip disc, but there was nothing there. So, you know, when that happens, doctors do more tests and more tests and more tests. Well, I think I had every test known to man, even tests that didn't exist at that time. And so <laughs> at the end of the day, I ended up the doorstep of a world-renowned neurologist. Now, these are the brain doctors. These are the guys that are supposed to have all the answers. And I walked in and he said, you know, Dr. Leica, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, what do you mean sitting down? He said, well, you know, you don't just have a dropped right foot. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And in six months, you're going to be dead. You better get your affairs in order. Wow, that hit me like a ton of bricks. This was coming out from left field, as they say in baseball. You get way out in left field. And I didn't know what to say, but I shot back. Is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I shot back. You know, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. <laughs> but, you know, when you go through something like this, Drew, which is a life-changing experience, your body and mind changes. You go through a grief reaction. And a grief reaction is what Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said in her book on death and dying. You go through anger. You're angry. You can bite the head off nails. You go through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything not to let this happen. Uh, you go through another place where you go through denial, where you say, oh, there's nothing wrong. I can do anything. This is just a miss. Uh, something gone wrong here with the guy's brain or something. I don't know what it is, but I can do anything. I'm going to deny this. I'm going to keep on going against it. But you know, in your heart of hearts, you know, that's wrong. You know, there is something wrong. And then you go through depression. I don't know if you've ever de been depressed, Drew, but it's one of the worst things in the world. Your body can't move. You, you're just stoned. You just stay in your bed all day long. You cry. You mope. The world has a black cloud over it. You can't get anywhere. Now, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross' last phase is acceptance. And maybe if you are truly dying, you accept things. But I wasn't ready to accept the fact that I was dying. And being a doctor, a medical doctor, I knew that doctors make mistakes. I knew that doctors often get it wrong. I knew that I myself had gotten it wrong. So why could this doctor not be in the same boat? So then I went to, I, I started looking. I looked around. And you know, back in 2003, there was this amazing thing that was just invented. You might have heard of it. It's called the internet. You ever heard of that thing? I use it once in a while myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was amazing. In 2003, we had just stumbled on it. It was actually started in about 1999. By 2003, we were getting a little bit more knowledge on it. But it was so primitive, you had to use dial-on connections. <laughs> you know, that's why your phone used to connect with some sort of server. It would go re 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 for like a half an hour, and finally you'd connect. And when you connected, you only could type in special languages like DOS, to get in touch with the computer because there was so little memory on the computer, 
You couldn't even go in a regular way. There was no Dr. Google. There was nothing like that to help you. You just had to get it by yourself. But I had some friends that were nerds and they helped me. And I found a doctor. His name was Dr. David Martz, but he got worse much more rapidly. And he was on his deathbed when a doctor from Texas came up and said, David, you don't have Lou Gehrig's disease. You have something else. David was so weak at that time. He said, what do I have? He said, you have chronic Lyme's disease. You were bitten by a tick. And if I start you on treatment, you're going to get miraculously better. David said, well, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. I'm on my deathbed. He started him on treatment. And like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. Wow. So I knew I had to get in touch with David. And David, when I talked to him on the phone, told me he had started a clinic to treat people with this weird disease. And he had over 2,000 people just like me that he was treating. And he invited me to come down. So I went down to Colorado Springs, Colorado. He started me on treatment. And I was able to maintain my status as one of the top cosmetic doctors in the world for over 30 years until I walked away last year. And, you know, it wasn't my journey of, of, uh, that I want to emphasize here, but I want to emphasize the resolution. I went from tragic to magic, as my co-author said. It, it, it was truly an amazing thing. And along the way, I met uh, this wonderful lady by the name of Harriet Tinka, who had a story similar to mine. But she was kidnapped, stabbed, and left for dead. And she went through a period of time when she was on a journey trying to find her destination. Well, I met her because I was running an award for the YWCA called Women of Distinction, and she applied for that award. Then she bought me lunch, and we said we should write a book someday. And it took us over four years to write that book. It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And it's about our commonality. It's about these golden pearls that we found along the way golden pearls that are in each and every one of us. And I'd like to concentrate on those for a few minutes so your audience can understand some of the things that might help them. Because this isn't really about my life. It isn't about Harriet's life. It's about the life that we found and how to make people's lives better is a very important thing to us. And in 2020, 2020, we're being hit by both barrels. And I think everybody needs a life that's better right now. Everybody's gone through this whole time of death and dying. They've gone through a grief reaction themselves, and they need to pick themselves up and get onto a better life that's all inside of them. Without question. Yeah, this is a t challenging time for a lot of people. I'd love to hear some of your tips that you have for our audience. Sure, let's go through that. Well, first of all, let me tell you why we seized on golden pearls as, as the metaphor that we use. Do you know what forms a pearl, Drew? What form is a pearl? Like a round? Yeah, well, how does it make it? How does it, how does a pearl get made? An how does it? Yes. I and mean, you know what does it in an oyster? A little grain of sand gets inside of its shell, and it traumatizes that oyster. Now, there are certain types of oysters that actually exist that produce golden pearls. They're found in the southern Indonesian area and the southern Philippines area, and they're very, very rare. So a solitary pearl costs up to $10,000. That's how beautiful and rare they are. But you see, what happens in a pearl is what happened to us. A pearl gets irritated by that grain of sand. It gets traumatized. And rather than being traumatized for it, it forms this beautiful, lustrous, golden pearl by walling it off with this material called luster. And that's what we did. 
We found this lustrous things in our world. We found these beautiful things in our world. And they're the ones that everybody should concentrate on. They're the ones that everybody really should know about and, and things that will make them better are what we'd like to concentrate on. Yeah, fantastic. I, I love that analogy. I, I'm, I'm a fan of analogies. One of the, my favorite ones is when you have the bamboo. I'm not sure if you heard this one. You have the bamboo growing for years under the soil. And then all of a sudden, it all of a sudden it bursts up and grows in a significant amount of time right after it bursts through. But so many people don't see those roots growing, much like in health, and they give up and they stop doing the things that are working. And then they and then they stop seeing the results that they could have found otherwise. Well, and I'd like to say the main theme of our book is something that's very important. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. I, I think that's very, very important. Uh, now, that was not invented by Harriet or I. That was invented by a Greek Stoic by the name of Epictetus in about between 50 and 135 AD, so 2,000 years ago. So these words were just as real then as they are now. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. So, you know, you can take lemons and, and be sad about the fact that you were given lemons in life. Or you can take those lemons and make lemonade. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd sooner have lemonades than lemon any day. <laughs> no question. <laughs> so let's let's hear what. So what are some of your tips that you have that you guys go through in your book? Well, let's go through some of those. You know, we actually found twenty golden pearls, but with twenty golden pearls, our audience said, "Way, that's too much. You're making us drink from a fire hydrant here. Can you cone them down a bit?" So Harriet and I took our best golden pearls and made thirteen of them for this book. The rest will come out in a second book, which we're currently writing. But they start with love and they go to empowerment. Now. We start in this particular way because love is the basis of all. True, we're here today because the love of our mother and our father that put us here. And, you know, that basic relationship is make us who we are. Love is the foundation for it all. But, you know, the ancient Greeks didn't start with love. They found that there were seven types of love. Now, I'm not going to go through them all here. They're in the book. But one is self-love. And I think that's one of the things that we have the hardest thing of identifying and make stronger. Self-love is a very, very important thing. Now, the second one is inspiration. You know, the word inspiration is a very special word. It means in the spirit or breath of life. I, you know, every one of us needs inspiration. I think that's what's lacking in this day and age. Inspiration. Inspire. Third one is victory. Now, you've been an athlete, so you know a little bit about victory, don't you? Yes, absolutely. That's what we strive for every day. Yes, but you know, to be victorious, you have to risk being defeated. And that's where you must become vulnerable. And vulnerable is not something we like. But let's suppose you're trying to win the World Series. Well, you really have to be vulnerable. You have to put it all on the line. You actually have to put everything out there. And yes, you may fail, but otherwise you'll never be victorious. That's right. You have to be able to will you have to be willing to lose to to have the opportunity to win and and I think a lot of people may not want to make themselves that vulnerable as you're saying. So, it definitely takes both sides to make it happen. 
And, you know, that's let's go back to love for a minute. You cannot be in love if you do not want to be vulnerable. You have to risk being vulnerable to truly be in love. Otherwise, you'll never get to that wonderful state. That's right. And then you have to deal with rejection, just like we deal with failure in life. Absolutely. So that's what it's all about. Rejection, failure, we have to learn how to deal with it. But along the way, we have to know what our purpose in life is. And, you know, that's a difficult thing for a lot of people right now because their purpose is being challenged. So many people are unemployed right now that purpose is a very, very difficult thing. Now, in our book, we talk about a Japanese word called ikigai. And I'm not going to go into it in a lot of detail right now, because in 26 minutes, we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> but I encourage people to pick up the book and look for that word ikigai, because it helps you can define your purpose. And when you define your purpose, everything else falls in line, everything else for this. For this, Drew, for you, it's being a radio show host and a television show host and a podcast host. For me, it's helping people make their own dreams come true now. I'm serving people in another way, and that's my purpose in life. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. Just, I just think, it, just to elaborate on the finding your purpose in life, and I think that now, even though you use the oyster example, but even now, as challenging as things can be, I think that there's going to be more people finding their purpose and following their dreams now that they almost have to, instead of doing the things that they thought they should do. Well, you know, it's absolutely true. And when people are trying to find their purpose, I always encourage people to find their non-negotiables, things that you'll never negotiate on the way. I think non-negotiables are really, really important. Now, I, I think some of them, for many of us, it's truth and honesty. For others, it's never, never getting into a situation that you can't control. For others, it's living the best form of you that you can. And I think each one has to find their non-negotiables and put them at the top of their list because that helps you to define your purpose well. I love that. That's now, a great way to narrow things one, down. Yeah, I think that's important. And, and, you know, spend a couple of minutes. Talk about the things you will not negotiate on. Very important. Now, I'm going to switch to something that's a hard one, and that's forgiveness. You know, for all of us to get where we are, we have to forgive or some, if somebody, including ourselves, for getting there. I had to forgive the doctor that made the mistake on me. Harriet had to forgive her kidnapper that almost killed her. You know, so these things are very, very important. Now, forgiveness is not a natural state. It's a very unnatural state. With forgiveness, you have to be able to let go. Now, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for yourself. You know, if you get bitten by a snake, it's not the snake that kills you. It's the venom that kills you. And that's why it's important with forgiveness to allow it to come to the forefront so that venom doesn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like we, we, we make our own choices, though. Like We make our own choices. In many cases, we decide how we react to a given situation. And we can decide positively or negatively, we can also decide if we're going to forgive or if we're going to hold on to those emotional, those deep emotions that hold us back in life. Now, I'm going to skip over a couple, even though they're very important, but I want to cover a couple of points once before we go on. One of the top ones on my list here, list here is laughter. 
And I think laughter is a very, very important emotion that very few people really use enough in their life. I think smiling, laughing, joking is very important. And you know that scientists have really studied laughter, Drew? No, tell us about it. Well, you know, they found this was one of the few ways you can get your mind and body in sync within a very short period of time. And over 91% of bosses feel that a sense of humor is important for the, for advancing in a business. So a sense of humor is very important. And, you know, scientists have even studied the, the world's funniest joke. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> I would love to hear it. <laughs> now, I, a person by the name of Richard Wiseman, a British scientist, studied jokes, and he had them all rated, and he came up with this as the funniest joke in the world. There were two hunters out in the woods, and they were going out there, and, and one dropped down. He was like he was dead. He just fell down. He died. He looked like he was dead. And his buddy came up and said, buddy, buddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? He didn't respond. So he gets out his cell phone, and he phones 911. And he said to the operator, 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 please help me. I don't know what to do. My buddy, he looks like he's dead. The operator said, calm down, sir. I think I can help you. Uh, this happens all the time. First, make sure he's dead. Well, he drops down the phone. There's a cock of a rifle and a loud bang. He comes back to the operator and says, operator, he's dead. What do I do now? <laughs> now, Drew, that is that is either the world's funniest joke or the world's worst joke. And the two probably are both the best because it's the improbabilities of life that make us laugh and should make us laugh. Do you honestly laugh on somebody who slips on a banana peel? Would I laugh? Yeah. I laugh all the time, so I'd probably laugh. Yeah. Yeah, and I would too. And why does that? Because a person's not supposed to slip on a banana peel. They're supposed to walk around the banana peel. Why the hell they're slipping on a banana peel, I don't know. But that's what it's all about. And let's talk a minute about the next golden pearl, which I think is my favorite one. It's enthusiasm. Enthusiasm you got to bring every day. And I have a little short story to tell people about enthusiasm. Can I do that now? Absolutely. Love to hear it. Okay. Well, there was a carpenter by the name of Fred. And after six, after 35 years, when he was 60 years of age, he was tired. He couldn't do it anymore. So he went to his boss and said, boss, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. The boss was taken aback. I mean, this was his master carpenter. He had helped him build every house that was ever built in his company. He said, Fred, Fred, could you please wait a minute? Could you do just one more job for me? And Fred said, well, what would you like, boss? Uh, I'll do anything for you. I've loved it here. This is the best job I've ever had. In fact, it's the only job I ever had. The boss said, okay, can you build me just one more house? Only you can do this. You're my master carpenter. So Fred said, oh, of course, boss. But you know, his heart was not in it. He just couldn't do it any longer. He just couldn't do anything else that he with this. But he did it. He went to work. He worked maybe two hours a day. And he did shoddy workmanship. And at the end of the day, the house was done, but it barely passed inspection. So it did. So he went back to his boss and said, okay, boss, I did what you wanted. I'm done. The boss said, just hold on. He gathers everybody in the office and says, okay, Fred, it, this is Fred's last day. I'm so sad, but he's going to be happy. And I want to make his last days even happier. Fred, here's the keys to the last house that you ever built. I want you to live with it and enjoy it with the same enthusiasm you gave me every day. 
that's, all, that's better than the joke. That's <laughs> that's well, awesome. Drew, this is what our book's about. Our book has a story at the beginning of every golden pearl that helps you to understand it better. And in the chapter is a quote from famous people that'll help you understand each chapter even better. And then there's a dialogue between Harriet and I in this book so that you can understand it even better. And I'd encourage you to have Harriet on the show, too, because she brings a different perspective to this. She'll fill in some of the other things. She'll cross some I's and dot some T's or cross some T's and dot some I's. I want to give your guests, uh, your guests a very special gift, something that will help them in their daily life. And I'd like to give them 52 golden pearls, one golden pearl a week. And all they have to do is text me the words golden pearls to 1-819-717-2515, 1-819-717-2515. And I'll send them a golden pearl a week for the next 52 weeks. You know, every Tuesday you'll get this golden pearl and it'll help you have a fantastic week, just like the, the weeks you and I have, Drew something that'll really make them very special. And if they'd like to get in touch with me, I'm Dr. Alan Leica. You can read me at D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A dot com. And I'd love to be part of this and love to help your, your guests have a fantastic life too. And remember, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. Make your day a very special day. And I'm going to throw out a challenge to your guests, Drew, something that will help them as well. I want them to do something for their neighbors today they wouldn't regularly do. I want them to maybe mow their lawn. I want them maybe to go out and get some groceries for them. I want them to help them in such a way. Maybe it's just a smile. Maybe it's calling somebody you haven't talked to for 20 or 30 years. Because, you know, Drew, in this day and age, there's a lot of people hurting out there. There's a lot of people that are having problems, and we can help them in our regular day. And you know what that's going to do for yourself? It's going to help you, too. So I'm going to throw out this challenge to everybody that's listening today to make the world a better place for them, and in so doing, make it a better place for you, too. What did they say? There's no selfless good deed? That's right. There's no selfless good deed. And, you know, it's a very important thing to do those good deeds. And if you do, I think you're a happier, better person. That's the way to make a little happiness go around. Pay it forward. Try and make it a better world for everybody else. Without question. I always feel better when I'm when I do something for someone else. So sometimes when I'm having not such a great day, I, I think actually think, like, what can I do for someone else to make my day better? I don't think there's Absolutely. anything wrong with that. And maybe start a gratitude journal. Write down three things that you're grateful for today, in the morning and in the evening. Three things that really are going to make it that you're so happy for. You know, your world changes if you're grateful for things. Your world really makes a better place. You know, there's so many things we're grateful for. You know, our poorest in North America have a lot more than anybody else in the world. We should be happy for that even for our glitches in technology, even for our technology. I'm happy for that too. Did you mention your website or where we can actually purchase your book? Yes, go to amazon.com or amazon.ca. It's there. It's The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. I'm Dr. Alan Leica, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A. 
My website is D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyca, L-Y-C-K-A.com, DrAllenLyca.com. Come and see me. I'd love to see you and talk to you. Have a great day. Fantastic, Dr. Leica. Thank you so much for joining us today on Exploring Mind and Body. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Drew. A very pleasure to be here. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end. I love that interview. Doc Leica is so well read. He makes me want to read right now. <laughs> I love the little stories. I love those analogies. Those really make things a whole lot easier, at least for me to understand, hopefully for you as well. All past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. You can always check out past shows there. We're also on many different podcasting platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it. We are there, and we hope to see you on one of them if you're not listening on terrestrial radio across the country. Our main website is trueformlife.com. This is where we have our products and services we talk about. We do blog posts, weekly blog posts around wellness, lifestyle, energy, digestion. However we can help you out, we're here for you. We have recipe blogs. We have video workouts at home we got them all set up and lined up for you in an easy to follow format you can check those out for free for 10 days at trueformlife.com or also on facebook.com slash trueformlife and instagram.com slash drew tadia so if you want to reach out follow us along on social media we'd love to have you as a friend follower and or fan all right, team, that's what I got. That's what we have going on today, this week. Check out Transformations Through Running. It's our running podcast. Incredible story. So we'll see you there or we'll see you here next week. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Taddea, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.